We can ask Tom E. Curran about that of NBC Sports Boston. He joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. He's brought to you by Unified Office. Unified Office will make sure you never lose any business again due to a poor customer phone experience. You can find your solution at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran, how are we doing this week? Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, not too much. Uh, I don't know if you heard the uh, the latest or have read the latest. Yeah, I saw it. Okay, what the Buffalo thing? Yeah. So, do you think uh, number one that leads to Sean McDermott's exit, and number two, do you think that's a possible destination for Bill? I have no real opinion. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, there's so much more stuff to talk about than the Sean McDermott firing. Um, but yeah, let's go into it because that was what we were on. Um, yeah, it could lead to his firing. They're six and six. They lose their next. They win their next five games. They're eleven and six. Nobody's talking about the nine eleven or the woman going over the falls. So I don't know. And the notion that hey, it was leaked for a reason. I mean, who leaked it then? I don't know. It's a good question. It said multiple uh, players and team sources, so I I, I don't know okay. uh, who that is. The players are getting them fired. The players aren't the ones that make the decisions. The Pacoulas would be. What about team so sources? Maybe the players don't love them. So maybe the – I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, I swear to God. I mean, Sean McDermott firing – I just can't launch into that. It was okay. a game in like four hours. No, I, I understand and on what that. what a game it is. No, I just – I understand on that, but we talked a lot about Bill and his future, and that may be another potential vacancy is all I was uh, interested in. Uh, but yeah, what, I mean, if the Patriots are trading Bill Belichick, which I think is their initial instinct, I think that having him in the division would be less than something they'd be excited about seeing him twice a year, which you would count. Well, if they don't think he's going to go in, well, why don't you send him there? And I would say, it's still, you really don't need the optics. It's a good impression of Jones. It was getting in front of me. That's true, yeah. All right, so, Curran, you said that... Uh... That there's going to be a game in just about, I don't know, four hours, five hours. How bad it, could it get for Bailey Zappi tonight? We heard your colleague Phil Perry saying they might not get in the end zone again on offense, but could it be even worse than what we saw uh, just a couple of days ago? Yeah, horrible, I think. You know, you have a team that's playing for something that just lost the other day to a two-win Arizona team. So they're going to be extremely motivated to play, and they're going to get on the field. And they're going to be looking at a quarterback who's not suitable for prime time or even 1 p.m. football to be broadcast to the masses. So to me, you're looking at a situation where you go with zero points last week against an inferior defense, 28th overall in the NFL, to now one at home with one of the best defensive players on the planet in T.J. Watt, a very good safety in Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, um, that has a high level of irritation as they take the field. And Bailey Zappi's got no no DeMario Douglas, no Ramondre Stevenson. So people keep saying after every game, is this rock bottom? Nope. As Fourier said, there's a million rock bottoms to come. We've talked a lot about uh, the Patriots being in prime time or getting flexed out of prime time and sort of the reactions that may have uh, for ownership, in particular Robert Kraft. Another game in, you know, this one on the road, obviously, but another game in prime time. You're the only game in town. Uh, Patriots go out and stink it up again. Could this be Could this be a week where something happens? I just, I don't, I think I've been on a couple times and said every time the Patriots are not, inclined or desirous of moving on from Bill Belichick during the season. So I'm going to stick with that until I'm told otherwise. How about somebody else? Matt Canada, got, Matt Canada got fired this year, for example. How about, you know, an off, uh, some sort of sacrifice for this awful offense? I guess anything could happen, Christian. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess anything could happen. You fire a guy. I mean, it's kind of 
what's the point? But I guess anything could happen. I mean, it's I, I, it would be a nothing but a guess. It's not my inclination that, that they're about to do that. Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston, on Jones and Mega with Arcan here on WEEI. Uh, you spoke about this on Quick Slants earlier in the week. We talked about it uh, quite a bit yesterday, the idea and the merit of passing on a quarterback or maybe moving down Jason Tatum style for Marvin Harrison Jr. Why are you, uh, why are you a proponent of that approach? Because this team has elemental problems that are so deep that putting a quarterback into it, unless he is no holds barred, absolutely bulletproof in every aspect, is asking for a problem that will extend and possibly ruin him. You have a, a perfect case study in ruining a quarterback because there's not enough around him. Now, Mac Jones is not Caleb Williams. He's not Drake May. not Jaden Daniels. But he was a decent enough player to take in the first round, and this is an absolute crumbling. So if he can't even be shown to the, to the masses at this point, at least grade up some of these other guys, Caleb Williams, Drake May, level them up and then say, okay, well, how are they going to look in two years during a rebuild with absolutely nothing around them, with zero protection? This team has no tackles under contract for next year except for Vidarian Lowe and Calvin Anderson. It has no tight ends under contract next year. It has one running back under contract. I would think that the best-case scenario, if you have the number one overall pick and you are realistic about where your team is, you say, we need to turn this pick into more picks. So we're going to trade down, make sure that we're still going to be able to get Marvin Harrison. We're going to trade down to the point where we can get that, swap picks with the team that wants to get up and get one of these quarterbacks. We're going to take Marvin Harrison, and whether it's a tackle or a guard, there's two very good guards in the top eight to ten picks is where they're projected, and then there's a couple others that would be first-rounders as well, like J.C. Latham from Alabama. And then I would pursue a free agent quarterback, Somebody else has already thrown away a Baker Mayfield, for instance. I don't know what Mayfield's situation is, but I was talking about this with Phil. Draft Harrison, draft a tackle, go get Baker Mayfield, and then continue to get better because your team is so friggin' bad that you're going to waste years if the quarterback doesn't work out. And he's not going to be good next year. So if you want Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, or you name it, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> for that matter. Go ahead and do it. Well, what but about, Str- I, I what about Stroud? That would be, I think, a good counterpoint. Definitely would be if you actually, not that you didn't, but if, but if you really interrogate what Houston has done, they built the team around that spot before they dropped him in. They were just fortunate enough to be crappy enough to still get him. Um, but I think that the team was built to go 7-4 and four from being the number two overall pick in the draft. You know, look at look at Miami. They did a great job building around him. Look at the three best teams in the NFC. San Francisco, the Eagles, and Dallas. And where did they get their quarterback? Uh, where did Russell see. Wilson come from? Hertz, Hertz was a two. Uh, uh, what, what, Dak was, Dak was a fourth rounder. What was the and other Purdy's one you said? Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, sorry. Purdy's last, a- last pick of the draft, yeah. If you build a program like San Francisco did, it's not easy to do, but that's why it's supposed to be hard. You can actually do what San Francisco did and draft an injury-prone guy and get to the court. Excuse me, trade for an injury-prone guy you don't want and get to the Super Bowl. Blow a draft pick, second overall, 
and still, because your program is so good, have a seventh-round pick who plays like a second or a third-round pick, maybe even a first if you want to call Purdy that, but still be that good because your program is that good. I hear that. I, I get that. It just seems like the with all of the changes, Tom, that they might have to make this offseason in the front office, in their coaching departments, maybe their scouting departments, we're talking, it sounds to me like you're talking about a rebuild that's going to be like four to five years. Does that sound, are, are we looking at a lost decade yeah, here, not to get too grandiose? Yeah, no, it's definitely, a, it's going to be a long decade. Their team is worse now than when Bill found it in 2000. When Bill found it, it had Bruce Armstrong at left tackle. It had Drew Bledsoe at quarterback. It had, uh, you know, a Ty year Law, away Lawyer Malloy. Yeah. yeah, thank you. All those guys. So this is, the team is in worse shape than when Bill found it. And we can go back to 1993 because right then the team was coming off 1-15 and 2-14. and They get Bledsoe, but they still were 1-11 after 12 games with Bledsoe. And the reason they started winning games wasn't because of Bledsoe. It was because they had the right coach in Bill Parcells. So it's, it's going to be a long road back. And it's been actually, quietly, a little bit of a long road here. Because 2020 to now, even though there was the blip of success in 2021, it's taken them 2020, 21. It's taken them four seasons to get here, and part of 2019. So they they built up to be this bad, right? So that's why I'm saying it feels like it could be seven or eight years post Brady that they see real success again. And my only hesitation with the plan that you're laying out is then when you point to someone like San Francisco who found who found. Brock Purdy or the Cowboys who found Dak Prescott is that then do you run the risk of having the program be the foundation in a way that you have coaches once again thinking we can take any quarterback and make him into a top 15 quarterback because that seems like we heard that was the attitude here for a bit at the end with Brady. I guess that's an argument but if you want to say okay well let's get the the let's get the player and make him the star as opposed to making the program the star. Then you go ahead and you take Caleb Williams and you can't build a program without, around him. And then in four years, you're like, all right, we'll pick up his option and we'll pay him $38 million, but we don't know if we want to extend him because really we've just been a 500 or worse team the last five years and you're back where you were. If you start building a program when it gets to four or five years and you're picking up the fifth year option on Marvin Harrison, perhaps, Maybe you've found other places on the team that have gotten better. It's Look, I'm not saying I wouldn't, in, under any circumstance, draft Drake May or Caleb Williams. I just think people have to be realistic about the bleak, bleak road that first and second round picks face when they go to a team that's really not equipped, and that's the Patriots. Okay. He is Tommy Curran. Check out his work on NBC Sports Boston. You can watch him tonight uh, leading up to the game and after the game as well. You can, of course, check him out on WEEI as well, uh, typically on Sundays uh, and Tuesday with Gresham Fourier here Thursdays with us on Jones and Mega with Arcan. Tom, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. See you later. All right. Tommy Curran, as all our guests, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline.